Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning, and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next 30 minutes, I would like to give you a cordial invitation to stay with me. Stick with me. Listen to what we have to say today. No games, no gimmicks, not trying to hustle you out of anything. The Flatline is all about giving you accurate information, information that will help you verify and identify God's plan for your life. And if you want to orient and adjust to the plan, then you can. But the Flatline is here to give you these simple solutions so that you can have an objective look at yourself, not subjective. Subjective, we all get in trouble if we look at ourselves subjectively, because we don't really like what we see sometimes. But if I can give you some history, some information, motivation, inspiration, if I can do that for you here today, then hopefully you will pursue the plan of God in your life. We have been reviewing and going back over the 10 unique problem-solving devices found in the Word of God. The reason that I'm doing this is because we're about 330-some-odd lessons into this radio show. 52 lessons a year, so you can figure how many years we've been doing this. And thank you, thank you so very much. If you've listened, if you've been a part of it, if you've requested information, if it's helped you. And I thank God for giving me the great honor and the great privilege of giving you this information by means of this radio station. But when we talk about those 10 unique problem-solving devices, remember why God gave them to us so that we can stop the outside source of adversity before it ever becomes the inside source of stress. You've heard me say adversity is inevitable, stress is optional, because adversity is what circumstances do to you and stress is what you do to yourself. So you do not have to have stress. Even though you have adversity, Even though you have problems in the area of finances, even though you have the problems in the area of your relationships, even though you may have problems in the area of your health, you do not have to worry. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be bitter or angry. These are all indicators of mental attitude sins. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is a better way to live. It is the unique spiritual life. The life that our Lord Jesus Christ pioneered when he was here in the flesh and it's the life that the disciples lived when he left and it's the life that we live today called the Christian life. It's a unique life with a unique lifestyle and wonderful, unique, invisible assets that we have. These 10 problem-solving devices are just part of those assets. But as we go through these things and review these things, Hopefully, if you have a question, you can write to me. Our address is simple, Rick Hughes, Post Office Box 100. And we live in the city of Cropwell, Alabama. Cropwell, like crops. Cropwell, Alabama, 35054. Or you can go to the Internet, and you can get on the Internet and go to our website and email us from the website. The website is simply Rick Hughes Ministries. Dot org. Rick Hughes Ministries dot org. Now, 
Remember what problem-solving device number one is? It's the rebound technique. And exactly what problem does rebound solve? Rebound solves the problem of sin. Now, if this is your first day to listen, you're probably wondering, what kind of goofy word is that? Rebound, like a basketball player, he rebounds. We use that as an, an as an illustrative analogy for when a Christian bounces out of fellowship, he bounces back. You can get out of fellowship by committing personal sin in one of three areas, something you think, something you say, or something that you do. And you can get back in fellowship with God when you rebound or use 1 John 1, 9, where it says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all of our wrongdoing. So rebounding is you recovering and resuming your spiritual life once you stalled out by committing sin and thus quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit. If you confess the sin, you resume the spiritual life, you've rebounded, and the Holy Spirit is able to continue using you, working in you, teaching you. But when you sin and don't deal with it, then the Bible says you've grieved the Holy Spirit and you've quenched him. Your prayer life will not be effective if you have known sin in your life. Because the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if you're praying with known sin in your life, not going to work. For example, some deacon is called up front to pray on the in the church service on Sunday morning. And that deacon has unconfessed sin in his life. He knows it's there. Maybe no one else knows it. But he knows it. And he prays an eloquent prayer. Sounds really great. He's a holy man of God, everybody thinks. But that prayer goes no higher than the ceiling because he has quenched and grieved the Holy Spirit, even though he was in the right place doing the right thing and looking mighty good while he did it. It didn't go any higher than the ceiling. That's the way it is in God's plan. Protocol requires that a right thing must be done in a right way. And prayer is definitely a right thing, but there's a wrong way to pray and a right way to pray. So rebound is problem-solving device number one. Rebound, recover from your sin. Number two, the filling of the Holy Spirit. What does the filling of the Holy Spirit, what does that solve? It solves the problem of our sin-infected old sin nature, our flesh. Everybody has a flesh. Everybody has a sin nature. And the Bible tells us that we're to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to control our life, if we walk in the flesh, then we may, in fact, do all the right things in the wrong way. And the end result is they wind up being classified as wood, hay, and stubble. And the wood, hay, and the stubble are good works done in the wrong way. For example, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you'll find the judgment seat of Christ. And at the judgment seat of Christ, you will find this very thing. You will find people who are there who expect to receive a reward, but in fact their works were burned up because they were wood, hay, and stubble. What what happened? Well, they did the right thing. They tithed. They went to church. They prayed. But they did it in the wrong way. They did it on the energy of the flesh. The Holy Spirit was not filling them and controlling them. They had unconfessed sin in their life, and they grieved the Spirit of God, and thus their production was nil, no good, nada. 
And at the judgment seat of Christ, it is not your sins that are judged. Your sins have already been judged on the cross. Did you not know that? Your sins have already been judged on the cross. You're not going to be brought up before the Lord Jesus Christ and a movie projector run and all your sins shown. He's already paid for that. But what has not been judged is human good. All the good that you did. You say, well, what does that mean? It means everything you've done since you've been a Christian that you would assume is a divine good production. The money you gave, the prayers you offered, the times you went to church, the Sunday school lessons you taught, all the little old ladies you helped across the street and the boy club, boy uh, scout classes that you, all of that stuff. Well, was it any good? Was it done under the filling of the Holy Spirit? Or did you do it in the energy of the flesh? You see, even a lost person can do those things. Lost people can pray. Lost people can go to church. Lost people can give money. But they cannot glorify God because there is no Holy Spirit. And you cannot glorify God either if you're not filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is simply the rebound technique. It's not something strange. It's not something weird. It's not something you get at some point in your life where your eyes roll back in your head. You pass out. It's not it. When you're saved, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and filled with the Holy Spirit. When you sin, you lose the filling. You don't lose the sealing, and you don't lose the indwelling. He doesn't leave you, but he's quenched and grieved in you, and he can't do his job until you rebound and confess your sin. So problem-solving device number one, the filling of the Holy the rebound. Problem-solving device number two, the result of rebound, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Problem-solving device number three, the faith rest drill. Standing behind the promises of God. Understanding the strategy and the tactics of the devil. Ephesians 6.11, you remember that, put on the armor of God. And you remember what the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're going to have to learn to operate by faith. Not by sight. You have to live your life in the light of eternity. And thus, you must use the faith rest drill. And there are whole books written on this. I can send you a book called The Faith Rest Drill if you'd like to study it. We can make that available to you. It is the most critical doctrine for you to understand how the believer executes his life behind the shield of faith. The fourth problem-solving device is grace orientation. This is learning to exploit the grace of God, understanding that you're saved by grace, you live by grace, and you die with grace, understanding that Second Peter 3.18 says we're to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dying grace, saving grace, living grace, it's all there. Saving grace means for by grace are you saved through faith, It's a gift from God, not of works, lest someone brag about it. That's saving grace. You're saved by the grace of God because of what Christ did for you on the cross. He was judged in your place. Living grace means that God has promised to supply all of your needs. He has also given you a canon of scripture, which is called the Bible. He has given you his spirit and indwelt you. 
He has given you many assets. And this is the living grace that God has applied you with. And surpassing grace is the promise of eternity, the promise of heaven, the promise of what the eye hath not seen and the ear hath not heard. All of these things that surpass our even our wildest imagination. Having that grace attitude is something that people are blown away with. They don't ever see it. They don't know what this is. When you grace someone out, even though they did something to you that would normally be offensive to someone else, that would normally get a blistering counterattack from someone else, and you grace them out, sometimes they don't really know what to think about that. But our Lord graced out people all the time. All the time. The fifth problem-solving device is doctrinal orientation. Remember what the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Remember that, doctrinal orientation. That is having a biblical frame of reference. The Bible says in Romans twelve three, stop thinking of yourself in terms of arrogance beyond what you ought but think in terms of sanity as God has assigned to each one of us a standard of thinking from his word. And doctrinal orientation is you beginning to think with the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says the Bible is the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So doctrinal orientation is receiving the mind of Christ, having divine Viewpoint, not human viewpoint, divine viewpoint. Problem solving device number six, the personal sense of destiny. Having a personal sense of destiny solves your problems that are related to yourself because now, number one, you know where you're headed. You know you're going to heaven. And number two, you know that God has a unique plan for your life right now. He's given you a spiritual gift. He has a place where he wants you to serve, a place where you can operate, a place where you can get bring him maximum glorification. So personal sense of destiny means you come to realize why you're here and you lose sight of your problems. You're not self-absorbed in your problems. You're now understanding why you're here, what God's plan is for your life, and you have some direction. It's a wonderful way to live. To have a personal sense of destiny. We've gone over this. We've spent a good bit of time on this. And we can make all these messages available to you on an MP3 disc if you want it. It'll play in your car if you have an MP3 player. Or you can go buy a small MP3 player at the corner drugstore or at the superstore like Walmart or, or something like that. They sell them all the time. MP3 players are pretty common today. And that way we can put 15, 20, 30 messages on one disc. If we had a typical CD, you could only get one message per CD. Anyhow, problem-solving device number seven was personal love for God. And that's where we saw that if you love me, you will obey me, 1 John 5, 3. And that's the motivation for the believer to live the spiritual life, is personal love for God. And then we saw problem-solving device number eight, impersonal love for others. 
Then we talked about the weird, obnoxious jerk that lived next door to you and why you're supposed to love them and how you love them based on your character, your integrity, not theirs. You say, it's impossible to love a jerk like that. No, it's not. God loved you, didn't he? Didn't the Bible say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Oh, oh, wait a minute. You're not a jerk. You're a wonderful person, aren't you? No, you know, and I know as well. If it were not for the grace of God, neither of us would be here right now, would we? So don't tell me what a great person you are. God loved you. You can love other people. But you don't love them based on who they are, based on what they do. You love them based on God's grace in you. The same way God loved you through Christ. You love them. We've talked about it. If you want to hear that message again, let me know. We'll send it to you. Problem-solving device number nine, and there are ten problem-solving devices. So here's number nine. It's called sharing the happiness of God. Problem-solving device number nine is sharing the happiness of God. We're going to call this plus H, plus the plus sign, like you were adding something, and you put a plus sign, two plus two equals Six, not really. Okay, the plus sign, plus H, sharing the happiness of God. The minus H would be the neutral happiness, which is no happiness. So plus H is a phenomenal problem-solving device for a believer because it's always guaranteeing you that you never, ever, ever have to be unhappy. There's no reason for you to ever be unhappy. God has provided everything you need. You know, this is what the Lord Jesus Christ says in John 15, 11. Listen carefully to his words. He said, I have taught you these things that my happiness might be in you and that your happiness might be fulfilled. So the key to having the happiness of God is the word taught. I have taught you these things. Taught. Christ had to learn God's word in a human body and apply it on a consistent nature. And you have to learn God's word in a human body and apply it on a consistent nature, too. Listen to Luke eleven twenty seven and 28. Key verse for you. Here the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking and a rude woman interrupted him. She blurted out in the middle of his message. Happiness belongs to the breast that nursed you to the womb that bore you. And she made a big issue out of motherhood. And our Lord, very gently, very politely, even though she was not polite, she yelled out, screamed out, interrupted him. But he said, you are wrong, ma'am. He said, happiness belongs to those people who hear my father's word and keep it. She was making an issue out of motherhood. She said, I bet your mama is so happy. And Jesus said, no, happiness belongs to the people who hear my father's word and keep it. Two things, hear and keep, hear and keep. Happiness is related to hearing the word of God and applying the word of God into your life. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who obtains understanding. 
Did you hear that? Happy, the Hebrew word asher. Happiness belongs to the one who finds wisdom. Finds is the Hebrew word matzah, and it means acquires, to learn. Wisdom, and that's the wonderful, phenomenal application of the word of God in your life. And the one who obtains understanding. Two things here, wisdom and understanding. These are just but two of the fantastic four. Foresight is one of them. Wisdom, understanding, there's three of the four. Have you ever heard me teach on that before? Maybe you have. I've done it on this radio show many times. So here we are. Wisdom and understanding. Well, how do you get this wisdom and how do you get this understanding? Well, wisdom is the application of the word of God to your life. When you hear a pastor, for example, teach the Bible, you are understanding it in your mind. But it hasn't done you any good until you apply it into your life. Do you believe it? Do you use your volition and say, yes, pastor, I heard that and I believe that. And then once you apply it into your life, then it's called Sophia in the Greek New Testament or wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge of the word of God in your soul that is ready to be recalled and used at any moment. It's the wisdom you have buried inside of you that the Holy Spirit can bring up from the pit of your memory and help you to apply to the circumstances. And that's so that you don't walk around in a fog all the time, so that you know what your options are. This is why it's important that you know the Word of God if you want to be happy. Happy Happiness belongs to those people who hear my Father's word and keep it, Luke 11, 27, 28, again. See, Satan has a myth out there that floats around. The myth of the cosmic vortex is this, that some people or some circumstances can make you happy. So you see TV shows like uh, the people that have won the lottery, and they show you how happy they are. Oh, I'm so happy I I won a lottery, and we bought a new home, and we bought a new car, and and we're so happy. Happiness is not the details of life. Unhappy people take their unhappiness wherever they go. It's because you win the lottery. Now you're going to be happy for the rest of your life? You're kidding me. No. Unhappy people take their unhappiness with them. So Satan gives you this myth that, If you find the right person or the right circumstances, you'll be happy. The end result is you wind up dependent on people or dependent on a set of circumstances for the happiness. And thus, you're weak. You don't have the time to really learn the word of God. You're into some sort of pseudo-happiness. It's based on something that you have. So if you lose it, there goes your happiness. See, Satan attempts to counterfeit the happiness of God all the time. But he cannot give you that contentment. He cannot give you the blessing that comes from God. He can't give you that sort of happiness. So he leads to pseudo-happiness, some sort of stimulation, some sort of entertainment that's enjoyable for a season, like football, yay, we won, or the movies, yay, it was a great movie. But it goes away. I got a new car. And then six months later, it's in the shop. I'm not so happy. This sort of happiness 
This pseudo-happiness is the neutral H. It's not the real H. It's not the real plus H. It's not the real happiness. It doesn't sustain you. It does not motivate you, encourage you, especially under times of adversity or testing. Instead of the real true happiness, the happiness that comes from Jesus Christ, it's the happiness that the cosmic system offers. And it is only at best a temporary fix followed by self-induced misery and divine discipline. The real, true, biblical happiness that we're talking about, the plus H, is not related to some sort of stimuli in your life. It is rather something we have with us all the time. And it's related to the soul and the spirit, not to the body. Now, if you want that kind of happiness, it's available. It's available to be enjoyed in living, and it's available to be enjoyed in dying. Recently, one of my dearly loved friends departed to be face-to-face with the Lord, and she was happy. She had a smile on her face the whole time. She wasn't afraid. She had no regret. She could not wait to see her Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you live poorly, then you're going to die poorly because you have no happiness. And it's possible to really live a wonderful life and die a wonderful death if you use the plan of God. But this happiness that I'm talking about has nothing to do with circumstances. It all has to do with the state of your soul. Not something someone else can do for you. It's something the Holy Spirit does in you. It's the insulation in your soul from fear and from arrogance so that you begin to reflect the image and the personality of our Savior, even the Lord Jesus Christ. This sort of happiness that I'm talking about is a monopoly of the believers who have spiritually mature thinking, believers that have grown up, believers that are consistent in their study of the Word of God, consistent in the application of the Word of God, consistent in the filling of the Holy Spirit. Other believers, if they can't be consistent, then at best they've got some sort of temporary happiness that is dependent on the circumstances around them. As go their circumstances, so goes their happiness. But perfect happiness, the happiness that Jesus Christ our Lord offers, is First John 1, 4. We write these things that our joy may be brought to completion. Plus H, the happiness of God, comes through the communication of the Word of God. We write these things. That's the communication of the Word of God. And by means of the filling of the Holy Spirit, And thus, happiness is complete. Again, Jesus said, happiness belongs to those people who hear my Father's word and keep it. That's the type of life we're talking about. Until next week, this is Rick Hughes saying thank you now. Thank you so much for listening to The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, 
CropWell, Alabama, 35054. Or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.